I'm so glad you're joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers on hip-hop culture at a crossroads. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. You know, there's been a lot of conversation lately about the direction of hip-hop, about where it is now. Is the culture progressing? What's happening? All the new opportunities, all of the artists that are out there making great music. But a lot of questions remain. We have an incredible panel to break this all down for you. Joining us on Street Soldiers for the first time, the one and only Big Daddy Kane hip-hop legend and superstar. His latest song and video out now is called Slap. He's currently on tour, taking a couple minutes away from rehearsals to uh, be with us and talk with us about this. Big Daddy Kane, great to have you with us on Street Soldiers. Glad to be a part of this, Lisa. Thank you so much. Also with us is Rob Markman. He's a hip-hop journalist and artist. Rob, great to have you with us. Thanks for having me again, Lisa. You got me up here with Kane and Amadeus. I'm in the right place. Thank you, Lisa. Exactly, exactly. Um, also with us is Amadeus, multi-platinum music producer. He's worked with uh, many of the biggest names in the music industry, from J-Lo to Diddy to many songs that hit songs with Chris Brown. Amadeus, thank you so much for being with us. Lisa, is always a blessing when you call in. I didn't know I was going to be on here with such legends, Rob, and Big Daddy Kane, man. This is epic, so I'm humbled and grateful, always. I almost texted you, but I wanted to surprise you because I knew you'd be I knew you'd be thrilled. That was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Big Daddy Kane, I want to start with you on this. When you see the hip hop crowds today with the, the state of the music that you're making and where the, the culture as a whole, because you're an integral part of the development and growth and expansion of the culture, where do you see everything at right now? Um, I see music, you know, being a whole lot different than I'm used to hearing it, but I think that um, growth and change is good and important. You know, so when I see a younger generation taking it into a different direction, I think that that's a beautiful thing. You know, um, they're creating a sound, a style that works for them, something that they can gravitate to. And I think that that's beautiful. Um, I, I would love to see a lot more positive message messages being showcased in music. Um, I would love to see a lot more of that. But as far as, you know, the younger generation that's into the, to, to the drill music, the trap music or whatever, it's like if, if that's their thing, man, let them have it, let them eat, let them live, let them be successful. I think it's beautiful. You know, um, I just think that there are there's enough room for everybody to do whatever they want to do. If someone wants boom bap, if someone wants a uh, uh, more poppy type of hip hop or whatever the case may be, there's enough room for everything. You know, it's just that, you know, you have to uh, accept it all. It's just a matter of acceptance. You have to accept it all instead of saying this is real hip hop and this is fake or this is trash hip hop and this is good hip hop. Let everybody live, do what they do. Um, because there's an audience for it all. And how do you find your audiences these days as you're on tour now with the new music? Um, well, you know, there are there are the people that I grew up with that's still, you know, a strong fan base. And then there are younger cats that, you know, that's into um boom bap and some of the um uh boom bap and skateboard type, you know, hip hop of the younger generation that um, have fathers or uncles that's, that's like, you know, hey, you ever heard of Big Daddy Kane? They play it for them and, you know, they, you know, start studying the history and get into me. So that's that's really where it be. So it's lots of times, you know, I may be in front of an um, audience, you know, in the Coliseum, you know, with a bunch of 40, 50-year-old hip-hop fans that grew up off of me. And sometimes I'm playing festivals with a bunch of young white kids that just heard, just learned about me, you know? So it, it differs. 
So the benefit the benefits of streaming. Rob, when you look around uh, music, you've very been very entrenched in the culture for your whole adult life. When you when you look at where the culture is right now, where do you see it it, it being at? Um, you know, I, I definitely think we're in a, a new era, something way different than when I came up in. You know, I, I got my education listening to Big Daddy Kane about how he was supposed to carry on. You know, I, what I would like to see, and I agree with everything that Kane said, like this generation needs their own sound. You know, you never want the generation before you to trash you. I remember coming up, you know, the older folks used to tell us, well, why y'all sample so much? That's not y'all music. That's the Osleys. That's James Brown. Like, and, and discredited hip hop as real musicians. So it's always the generation before kind of looking down. So I think this generation with the drill music, with the trap sound, whatever's involved, needs their own sound to define them. What I would like to see them do, um, definitely more positive messages, definitely more balance, but definitely with a mind about how we're going to carry this thing on in the, in, in the future. Because, you know, seeing the Big Daddy Kanes, the Rakims do their thing and then embrace and make a lane for a Nas, you know, make a lane for a Jay-Z, make a lane for a Biggie Smalls, you know, not only were they great, you know, in the 80s and the finest, they made other, Kane, you made other people great. Um, and I think that's what I would like to see from this generation is when y'all put y'all thing down to open it up, let's make other people great. Let's make sure that there's a future of this hip hop thing because once we, if we start, stop selling and the sales start slipping and the streams start going down, these corporations don't really care. These record, they'll make us disposable. And, and our culture is not a disposable culture. No, definitely not. Amadeus, you work with a lot of different artists and also different different genres of subgenres within hip hop music as well. Where where do you see the culture at right now? I love what Kane said. I love what Rob said. You know, for me, I can speak from a lens of a musician and a producer. Um, you know, being in the business for over twenty years. Obviously, my first placements was a Foxy Brown and you know, uh, Dipset and G Unit, right? And then it transitions to like you know Mike Jones and a Paul Wall to like working with all these various artists. So sounds, uh, styles, trends, it, it all changes, right? And I think, uh, I love what Kane said in regards to adapting and embracing all of the different sounds. When you think about when I was growing up and my mom and dad was playing, you know, Kane and 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 Otis Redding and, and the Bee Gees, right? My music that I was listening to wasn't the music that they were listening to. So we, we kind of both frowned upon each other in regards to what everyone liked. Right. And then I had I had Kane, I had Wu Tang, I had Biggie, I had Jay-Z, right? And then you fast forward and you got Lil Wayne and you got Rick Ross and you got Jeezy. Now we got Lil Uzi verse. So it's like it's always gonna change, it's always gonna transition. And one thing that I've done, uh, like Kane said, is embrace it. Uh, and as a producer, I don't wanna disappear because I've because of the fact that I've been in the game for 20 years, I wanna evolve. I wanna tap into the drill. I wanna challenge myself and tap into the trap and, and get the inspiration from the younger kings and queens, right? Instead of hating on it, I'm like, show me the way. You know, right. what's the drip? My hi-hats need to be like that. My Ada weight need to sound like that. I need to mix it. It <laughs> needs to sit in its pocket. Like, show me the way so that I can continue on in another 10 or 15 years being able to adapt and evolve what's happening in music. And then, and then continue on like that. And then there's also kind of like the cross-generational pollination, if you will, because of streaming. So those, those straight lines of like, that was my grandmother's music, my father's music, or whatever. You know, they're, they're kind of blurred a little bit, but it, it, I think that's a positive thing. When we come back, I'm going to ask our panel, what is the true essence of hip hop? Because there's a lot of debate about that going on right now. Stay with us. This is Street Soldiers. 
I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We'll be back right after this. Hey, what up, y'all? This is Lloyd, the King of Hearts, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people only on Hot 9-7. You did. Welcome back to this episode of Street Soldiers. We're talking about hip-hop culture at a crossroads. Joining me for this conversation, we are so honored and excited to have the one and only Big Daddy Kane, hip-hop legend and hip-hop superstar. His latest song and video out now is Slap. He's taking time away from his uh, rehearsals for his tour to join us here on this episode of Street Soldiers. Big Daddy Kane, great to have you with us. Glad to be here. Glad, yes, indeed. Thank, thank you so much. Also with us is Rob Markman. He's a hip-hop journalist and artist involved in the culture from many different directions. Been his life work. Rob, thank you so much for being with us. Always a pleasure, Lisa. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Also with us is Amadeus, multi-platinum music producer. He's worked with many of the biggest names in the business, from J-Lo to Diddy to many hit songs with Chris Brown. Amadeus, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for having me, Lisa. Always appreciate it. Thank you. Big Daddy Kane, when we talk about the essence of hip-hop, what does hip-hop really stand for? What does the culture, what makes it hip-hop and what makes it not? I would love to hear what you think about that. I think that you know, um, hip hop basically is a cult, is a culture, and that's the thing that um, makes it bigger than music. Because you know, we're also talking about the way you dress. We're talking about the way um, you um, uh, the way you write. Um, it's 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 like you know, it's a way of life. You know, the way you talk. You know, there's there's hip hop slang. Um, there's a a, a, a graph way of, of writing, you know, the way there's hip hop attire that a lot of people wear, you know, rather it's um action wear or that smooth stuff, you know, and I mean, that goes way back, you know, to the, to the, to, to the origins, you know, with the cats rocking the British walkers and playboys, you know, um, the alpaca sweaters and mock necks, you know, so I mean, it, you know, whether it's the swag, you know, the swag way or the b-boy way, you know, with the Pumas, Adidas, you know, it's, 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 it's all of that. You know, and I think it all plays a part. And then, you know, when you look at the elements such as MCing, uh, DJing and breaking, you know, when you when you add those to the mix as well, I mean, it's 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 a it's a full thing, you know, as opposed to, you know, just someone, um, you know, uh, just singing with a band. It's, it's, it's a whole different vibe, you know, and I think that, you know, it's, it's a cultural thing, you know. And do you are you. When you as you look as you look around and see what's happening now, are you surprised by how widespread it's become, how international it's become, or do you feel like okay, this is this is just the way the growth is supposed to be taking place? Well, you see, it's like a, a lot of things that people don't understand. Um, like um, you have like true hip hop um, uh, artists that you know they they're like you know okay, that's not a real MC because someone's writing their rhymes. You know, um, that's not a real MC because he's quoting someone else's rhymes. You know, where back in the days, you know, that was considered a sucker MC or a biting MC, right? But you know, what a lot of people got to understand is that it's not like back in the days. Right now, hip hop is a corporate thing. You know, people are actually recording records, recording songs, you know, people are recording songs. So therefore, it's the type of thing where, you know, a lot of artists became MCs to be the dopest MC in their neighborhood, to be the dopest MC in their borough or, or whatever, you know. Right now, people are becoming rappers to be successful. They're becoming rappers to have a hit song, 
Like that's their goal, their objective. You know, Sammy? So with that being said, you know, they have a whole different mentality. And with the understanding of that mentality, you know, um, you could have this argument about who's the greatest singer of all time. Whether you pick Marvin Gaye or you pick Luther Vandross, they both had writers. You see what I'm saying? Right. You can't blame a new artist for having someone writing their rhymes because they're not trying to be a dope MC. They're trying to be a big pop star, you know? Right. With me, that's all, I just wanted to be the dopest MC. And then all of a sudden, you know, I, uh, my man, you know, Biz discovered me and was like, I'm gonna get you a record deal. But my objective was really just to be the dopest MC. You know? And that's what you wanted to do. Rob, speak to that authenticity because that authenticity is still really important with a lot of the hip hop fans. Yeah, you know, I think the essence of hip hop is, is, is it's an art form, like Kane said, um, that expresses itself through music, through fashion, through lyrics, through DJing. So it's definitely an art form, but it's also rooted, in, I think, in truth and community. Um, you know, and I, I would like to see hip hop get back to its communal essence as, as well. Obviously, there's competition, there's beef, there's things that happen, but, you know, it's rooted in the community. Um, and I think a lot of those changes that Kane was talking about is when the corporate structure comes in, when the business of hip hop gets big and starts to influence it more. I, I, I just would like to see the influence come from the streets, come from the community, um, you know, because this is us telling our, our stories, you know, the famous Chuck D quote, you know, hip hop is, is, you know, black CNN, like, like sometimes, sometimes this is the only platform we have to tell our stories unfiltered the way that we need to tell them. And, and guess what? The rest of the world might understand, but it's a Morse code, you know what I'm saying? There's certain things that we pick up on and, 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 and stuff like that. So, you, you know, I think it's really, really important, um, Everything that Kane said, it has to change, it has to evolve, but it has to stay rooted in community, I think, in order for, for us to thrive and for order for the culture to move forward and grow even bigger. Amadeus, what about that? Because you're from the Bronx and where, you know, the birthplace, birthplace of hip hop, hip hop in a lot of ways, like Rob was saying and, and Big Daddy Kane were talking about, it's a, a lot of it is about bringing attention to conditions, to a culture, to people that were for years, decades, marginalized, the stories were never told, they, they weren't out there, it validated them, it made them, other people aware of them. But do you think that's what's happening now? Um, I don't, it's, it's kind of a mixture of everything, right? Um, Cause I think that's what inspired me to hear Kane's story, to hear Rob's story, to hear Jay's story. Even though I grew up in the Bronx, I grew up in the hood, I grew up in the projects, 169th Washington Avenue, I was, I was covered, I was sheltered by my parents, right? couldn't go outside at a certain time, had to be in at a certain time, right? So I was able to understand the stories they were telling because I lived in that type of environment, right? So when you fast forward to today and today's youth, like they're telling it from their lens now. So now I'm a little older, um, so I'm not gonna see it how they see it. I'm not gonna visualize it how they, how they are. So now they're telling their stories through their lens. Now, I'm not mad at that, I respect it because I feel like music and hip hop because of the genre, it's all creativity and it's all you, it's all your perspective, right? And I feel like there's no right or wrong to that because it's your experiencing that your experiences that you're sharing with the world. But I just feel like I, we need more. I think the way, you know, Kane, you know, spit and the way he spoke his lyrics and recited his songs and Rob, there's a lot of creativity to it. Like they're telling their story, but they're, they're adding creativity to it. They're adding colors to it. They're not just telling the story, just dry and straight cut. It's making it, entertainable, you know what I mean? It's like entertainment, it's, it's real, but it's entertaining at the same time. And I would just love to hear more creativity, not so much with the beats or or what they're doing, but just how they're saying it. 
everybody kind of right now is saying it the same way. Everybody's flow, not everybody, but a lot of the artists' flow is the same way. Like, and I would always say, you you can know the difference between Kane and Jay and Nas and Big. Everybody had their own vibe, their own delivery, their own tone, their own cadence, where you you could uh, distinguish who was who. Right now, you turn on the radio, and and you're hearing all these these drill records and these trap songs. I don't know who's who. <laughs> You know, and some of it is dope. I'm not mad at it. I'm not hating, but I just don't know who's who. Like, you have to tell me which artist is which artist because everything and the cadence and the flow of everything is, is the same. So I'll just let miss, me give Big Daddy Kane like, to weigh in on that. Do you think the creativity, yeah. do you think there's still a lot of creativity and originality? Or do you think that's something that people have become so obsessed with making hits that it's like, okay, that sound is hot right now. Let me do that or let me try that? You know, um, I don't, I, I, um, I met um, one of the Migos, um, but you know, this takeoff thing really hurt me a whole lot for the simple fact that, you know, I felt that the Migos was such a unique group. I thought that they were like a Southern version of the Funky Four, the way they do that in and out stuff, you know, with, with, you know, with one just throwing in the filling notes, you know, while the other one is rhyming. They, it it kind of reminded me of what the Funky Four used to do back in the days. And I thought that, you know, that they had a, you know, they have, you know, a very unique style. And then, you know, I've, I've said this um, on numerous occasions that, you know, everybody from 1977 up until 2013 were basically students of Melly Mel, even though they changed their flow up a little bit or whatever, it was still basic, the same um, blueprint that Melly Mel wrote in 77. You know, for me, you know, Jay-Z, um, Eminem, Ludacris, you know, it's still the same. I don't think that that blueprint really changed until the Migos, you know, you know, with all that. You know, it's like they I think that, you know, they created something new and innovative um, for um, Southern hip hop, you know. So, I mean, there is uniqueness. But to add on to what Amadeus was saying, I think that one of the things that's missing is that lyrical skill that lyrical content in a lot of um the big records you know you hear it you know from you know j cole um kendrick you know rhapsody several others you know but i mean with a lot of the big major stars i think that the lyrical content is something that's missing and i think that without that it's really hard to have longevity and stay power because it's like, if you put a song out and it's relying on the beat, like say, for example, I put a new song out. Amadeus produce it, right? A fan goes to someone else and say, yo, you heard that new Kane joint? It's crazy. Amadeus did the beat. I just blew, I mean, they, you know, they just blew Amadeus up. Right. I'm not even relevant on my own song. See what I'm saying? And that's where where we are. Where people say that you know, um, you mustard did the beat, such as you know stuff like that. You know, so in a situation where someone you heard that new Kane song, yo, this dude said I ain't at the ATM to check luggage. My bags carry on. Now you focused on you know what I'm saying, me, and that's creating that stay power where people want to quote what I'm saying. They want to listen to what I'm saying. They're focused on me and not just the track. You know what I'm saying? And no disrespect, because you know, you, you're amazed. I'm just trying to say no, that's real. Of, that's real. Of, right. of an honest, you know. But but it is. It's it's the power, Rob, the power, the power of the pen. And New York has always been known for that. 
Yeah, look, I, I remember being a kid and, and and when, you know, we we stayed in the arcade. That was our whole life. That was the highlight of your week if you was able to go to the arcade. And, and, and Kane said, put a quarter in your ass because you played yourself and mm. just changed my whole world. Like, like, it just, like, opened up all the different possibilities of what language can do and where we can go. And, and like, yo, he said that. Um, uh, hold on. Yeah. One, sec one second, brother. Real quick. Um, you're quoting your T-shirts on shopbdk.com. Um, Just there, there, there. Okay, there go. Go. I'm going to go get one right after <laughs> right, this. Because, <laughs> because like, I, I remember that moment for me, and at least maybe for my generation, but for me, that was a shift. In, in in what was happening and also opened up the future of, of what this can be. And, you know, I think Kane is right. That that goes back to me kind of saying, like, just be more cognizant, not just in the moment, but where we can be in the future. Like, the, the, the very unfortunate thing, and rest in peace to take off, right? The problem is, is, is we're still facing the same problems that we did in 87. When no, Scott we are. We'll talk passed. about that. We're going to take a short break. This is Street yeah. Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We'll be back right after this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Salute. This is General Steele from Smith & Wesson. And right now you're listening to Street Soldiers with your girl, Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people. Only on Hot 97. Welcome back to this episode of Street Soldiers on hip-hop culture at a crossroads. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We are talking about this and breaking this down with our amazing guest, the one and only Rob Markman. He's a hip-hop journalist and artist, and also super producer Amadeus, multi-platinum producer for some of the biggest names in the music industry, from J-Lo to Diddy to many hits with uh, Chris Brown. Amadeus, thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate always, it. Always, always, Thank you. When we talk about hip-hop at a crossroads, the culture at a crossroads, a lot of people think automatically of the violence, the deaths that we've seen recently in Los Angeles, the death the death that we saw of takeoff or condolences to him, to Migos, to the family, to friends, all the fans too, because people really felt it. You saw posts like people saying, I'm done with hip hop, this culture is too violent and taking that, that tone. Um, Amadeus, when you see the people saying that, what do you think about that? Uh, you know, a lot of people point the finger and 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 want to blame music and want to blame the culture for what's happening in the world. But, you know, and I'm sure they realize this, but they're just not thinking about it. It happens every, every, right? Uh, and, and, and in every hood, whether, you, you know, I'm from the Bronx, whether it's in the Bronx and in New York, or whether it's in Atlanta, whether it's in L.A., Houston, even overseas, there's violence. And, and unfortunately, people's lives being taken each and every single day, right? So they try to point the finger to hip hop and the hip hop community and the culture to try to blame that, you know, uh, for, for the deaths. Listen, if people are going to be ignorant and, and not care and, and think about someone else's life and, and be willing to take that life away, that has nothing to do with music. That has, to, that has everything to do with the decision that that person has made to not value and respect someone's life. And that's, that's what's happening, right? And it's unfortunate because it happens a lot in our community. Um, you don't really see it happening a lot with the rock, with the rock stars. You don't really see it happening, you know, with the country singers uh, and with the pop stars. So it kind of sucks that, you know, on the hip hop side, you're seeing it. I just don't feel like hip hop uh, can take the blame uh, for, for the, the violence and the negativity that's happening in the world. Rob, what about that? Because the music has been getting blamed. We, we People are saying, OK, the culture has gone too far. As soon as they hear about the violence, they think it's related to the, you know, action connected directly to the music. H how do you see that? Is this something new? Well, well hip-hop has always been getting blamed 
you know, um, for, for the violence. Um, but, you know, we have to be real about where we are in America. Like America was built, literally built on violence. You know what I'm saying? Massacre of, of Native Americans, you know, enslavement of, of Africans who were brought over against their will. Like, like the foundation of America is violent. Um, you know, it's the reason why also, you know, mob movies are the most popular movies. And, you know, I know the Italian community goes through it with how they're depicted in media. And, but these are, these are the most popular films and popular pieces of art um, in our culture. When it comes to hip hop, it, it's really just a reflection of the streets. And, and for me, I just think the systemic racism, like, like why are our neighborhoods like this maybe is the question that we have to answer because, you know, like I was alluding to earlier, we just recently um, saw the death of Takeoff and rest in peace. That brother did not deserve to die. Um, it, it's heartbreaking, but it's been going on since Scott LaRock, like within hip hop. But the fact of the matter is it's been going on in the streets and we, and we could say, you know, Biggie Smalls, we could say Tupac Shakur, like um, PNB Rock most recently, Young Dolph and Hoods all across America. But it also goes on for nameless people, for people who aren't rappers um, and families who aren't rappers are destroyed by this violence. So why, why are guns so accessible in our communities? Um, why are drugs so accessible in our communities? Um, why are we living on top of each other in poverty and, and don't have the same economic opportunities as other communities? It's all a recipe for this violence and, 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 and hip hop is just the expression of that. That being said, in knowing that, I do think our artists have to shift and put it, start putting a different message in the music. Well, I, I don't think we're to blame, you know what I'm saying, in terms of the music, but knowing what is stacked against us, we're gonna have to fight the tide. And, and that just not only goes for artists, we gotta put the executives at the labels you know, on 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 notice too about the things that they're signing and the things that they're pushing and 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 the things that we're putting out here. We need at the very least we need way more balance. In terms of the balance, I'm a, I'm a day what about that because you're you know the, the the Bronx has been well the the new home of of drill music and also a lot of gun violence and a lot of deaths and and to what you know to to Rob's point, let's let's also realize too over the last several years the United States has been in very in the midst of a very big crime wave in many cities and in, in many communities overall but the in terms of in terms of the content is it more dangerous in an under-resourced community where kids aren't going away to summer camp where they're not going on trips and they're hearing music the same songs over and over and over again the ops this that you know dissing same disc records over and over again do you think it has more of an effect Yes, absolutely. Think about when we grew up, you know, Rob and I and, and yourself, Lisa, where we had things to do, you know, outside was like outside for real. Like it was like right. us playing in a park, us being a part of camps and activities and after school programs. Like, and we looked forward to doing those things. Right. But now we're living in a world of technology. I didn't have a cell phone when I was a little kid. You know what I'm saying? So I was, it was no YouTube. It was no social media. It wasn't all of these distractions that I feel like everyone, not just kids, everyone has nowadays where you can just sit on your phone for hours a day without even realizing or noticing that you've been on your phone for five hours scrolling up up and down instagram or TikTok or facebook whatever or watching youtube videos or watching videos of someone doing something crazy or funny or, or getting harmed so i think it's so many distractions now versus what it was for us growing up and i just feel like we need to get back to that like it's been plenty of times when i tell my kids like you know when we're in a car like put down the ipad put down the phone look out the window like look at the trees, like look at look at where we're driving to. That's that's something that I did as a kid. Like I was excited to be outside, 
and look at nature and look at the buildings that we drove by when we was in a city, you know, being that I'm from the Bronx. So I think that's missing. And for me, like, Rob, let's get back to having fun. Like, it's okay to not, you know, walk around with the, with the, with the, with the mean mug and, and, and being tough. Like, like, let's have fun. You're in the clubs. Let's dance. Let's enjoy. Let's, let's, let's talk about, you know, talking, talking to the ladies and, and, and sending them a drink or, you know, hitting the dance floor. Like, let's dance. Let's have fun. Why so much violence? Why so much negativity? Why are we pumping our chest so much as men? Why are we thinking we got to outdo our, our brother or our sister? Like, let's come together and let's have fun. I think that's missing in the game where everybody is shooting and everybody is doing this and doing that and try to outdress each other and wear the most jewelry and who can outshine. Let's shine together, man. And I feel like that's, if we can do that, I think music will be in a better place and we'll be able to have more fun. I don't want to go out. Like there's no, no, and you, there's you, no... You, brought, you brought up that, that whole part of that, that whole part of hip hop, which is the fun part. Like it's supposed to be fun? fun. Have we lost that, Rob? Yeah, you know, um, it feels like we definitely lost the fun. And you know, I, I see remnants of it, right? Like when I see Lil Uzi break dancing, like yeah. I'm like, wow, he looked like he came fresh out of Rocksteady rock or something like that. So so there's right. remnants of that, right? And shots a little Uzi and but, um, you know, I think social media amplifies it because I, I think a lot of situations, a lot of rap beefs or beefs in the streets can be diffused. But when the world is watching and egging you on and this whole concept of up the score oh, we, they got one on our side, we got to get one on their side. You know, I, I think without the pressures of the world watching via social media, um, maybe some of these situations can be diffused. And I kind of say to the artists out there now, um, don't let the audience egg you on. I, you know, I, I feel like part of it is the pressures and there's just natural rivalries in the streets and, and different reasons why we're at each other that just kind of exist, right? That are socioeconomic right. issues. But, but these pressures of social medias, please do not let these audiences who live outside of our culture, who live outside of our communities, press you to have to prove that you're the hardest one or you're, or you're the toughest killer or, or, or you're whatever, because I don't think that helps. And 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 I think that's part of it. And it does take the fun out of it. You know, um, you 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 find a lot of, you know, Jim Jones said recently that that being a rapper is the most dangerous job. Like right. he said that we we had him on street soldiers and, and he and he said that too. And that that threat of violence is bad for the culture because it means certain artists can't perform at certain concerts. It means there's you know, there, there's a, a spotlight on the music, there's a certain stigma associated with it. And yeah. um, you know, it means that if you're PNB rock, that you can't go have lunch without a target on your back. PNB right. rock, he wasn't at a concert, he wasn't beefing with nobody, he wasn't, he went to go have lunch with his lady and couldn't, right. you know what I'm saying? Um, because of the threats that that are out there that exist. Um, we gotta do better. We know the system isn't perfect, but but we gotta do better. No, absolutely. Oh, Amadeus, go ahead. No, you I just want to say, like, just real quick, and I know we got to go, but just, just, I think we add to it too, right? Where uh, a lot of all this jewelry and all of these materialistic things, uh, I think that adds to the violence too. You know, if, if you're from the slums, if you're from the hood, you're from the bottom, and you ain't got that, and somebody come in your hood with all of these diamonds and and, and, and you're wearing rollies and all of this, and you don't have that, of course, you know, all you know is to eat. All you know is to go get that. You know what I mean? So I think artists have to be more smarter, too, 
and, and realize, yo, it's a time and place for everything. And it's not, if you don't always have to floss, you don't always have to go out and leave your crib with, with 10 chains on. Like, cause at the end of the day, who is this for? Like, is this, is this for you? Do, do, do those materialistic things make up who you are? Or are you, are you, you without all of those different things? And I think that's the struggle. And I, and I think like, I don't, I'm, I'm cool on a jury. Like, I'm cool on a jury. I love jury, but I'm cool on a jury. I don't want to wear all of this fancy stuff and be out there by myself and put my life on the line trying to impress or trying to shine or sparkle because it looks right. cool. It's like we have to think too and, and, and know our surroundings and not try to act like we're untouchable. So I think that's that other side to it too. You know what I mean, Rob? Yeah, no, absolutely. absolutely. I, and I, I just got a new single, sorry, Lisa, called Fake Chains that addressed mm. just that. You know what I'm saying? Just the what jewelry does to our culture, the attraction, the jewelry, um, who's it for? Again, it, it goes back also to, to to the audience who are not even from our culture. Oh, how he gonna be a rapper? He don't even got a chain. Right. Mm. You know what I'm saying? We gotta exactly. stop letting the external pressures influence who we are and, and our greatness. No, definitely. We're gonna continue our conversation about hip hop culture at a crossroads. I'll, we'll be back right after this. Yo, what up? This your homie Ace Hood, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real poly tricks, and real people only on Hot 97. Welcome back to this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We're talking about hip hop culture at a crossroads. November is Hip Hop History Month, and we're talking about where the culture's been, where it is now, and where it's going because a lot of people say hip hop has kind of lost its soul, its purpose, its unique identity, what made it so special in the first place and through all these years. But we'll find out what our guests have to say. Joining me for this conversation, Rob Markman. He's a hip hop journalist and also an artist. Rob, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for always making space for me, Lisa. No, we appreciate it. Also with us is super producer Amadeus, multi-platinum producer for some of the biggest names in the music industry, from J-Lo to Diddy to uh, many hit songs with Chris Brown. Amadeus, thank you so much for being with us. Appreciate you, Lisa, always. Thank you so much for calling on me. We, we, we appreciate it. Do you think that the culture with drill music being so popular and it being so readily accessible because these artists can go right to the internet, is the internet having an impact, maybe not always a good one, on the... the the music absolutely right you know it's it's kind of it's it's kind of been always been a thing where you a lot of people want to do what they see right you see someone winning in this particular area in this genre using this type of sound looking this type of way if you're not a person if you're not a leader and you're a follower and you just kind of want to ride that wave then you'll take that approach and that happens all the time where i'm in these artist showcases and i'm listening to new artists perform and I'm sitting there and I'm like, I know for a fact, and I know Rob can relate, I'm going to hear probably about 15 to 20 artists. Everybody's going to have drill music and, and everybody's going to be doing the same thing. They're going to be doing, you know, the dance. And I love it getting sturdy and it's cool and it's fire. I love it. But where's the uniqueness? At? Like where, who's going to get up here and say, hey, I like this. I like that. But here's who I am. And this is what I represent. And I'm going to give the world me and who I truly am. You know, and hopefully you accept it. If you do, great. If you don't, it is what it is. But at least at the end of the day, I'm being me. And I feel like we need more of that. So, of course, social media, the influence uh, of that, everything being so accessible. When I, you know, when I decided to be a producer over 20 years ago, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a whole bunch of producers around me. You know, I was kind of like the only one in my class or in my area that wanted to do that. And my competition 
was my heroes and the producers I looked up to because it wasn't the cool thing to do. And nowadays, it's like everybody, their grandmother, their grandfather, the dogs, the cats, the birds, everybody's like, I want to be a producer. I want to be an artist. Why? Because the internet and technology has made everything so accessible. Everybody feels like they can do it rather than it kind of being something that they've been birthed with and, and, and have a love and passion for. You know what I mean? And you're raising, you're raising the point, you're raising the point, which I want to give Rob's take on is the individuality. Hip hop was always about individuality. Even in the early days, it's like the different boroughs had certain, were known for certain, certain things. The artists from Queens were different from, you know, the artists from the Bronx or from the artists from Brooklyn. And then now because of the internet and social, social media, there's a very big clone zone. People are like, oh, if I look like that, I'm going to get a certain number more likes. Or if, if I rap like that, or if I talk about that, I'm going to get more of this. Or if I put a certain type of person, female in my video, I'm going to get more views or, or whatever. Is the individuality kind of at risk right now, Rob? Yeah, the individuality is definitely at risk. I think that's a product of the business and the internet, the technology. Um, there was a recent report estimating that Spotify now has as much as 100,000 songs uploaded to the platform each day. Wow. 100,000 songs a day. Um, you know, I think these labels are signing more artists than ever, quicker than ever. There's more labels, not just major labels, but independent labels, distributors who are signing more and more artists, right? And I think the model now is to just get out as much music as possible to capture the audience's attention. You know, back when I was coming up, there was a thing called artist development. You know what I'm saying? And, and not only did your A&R sign you, they helped develop, shape your image. You went through media training. You kind of shaped who you were and the artist that you wanted to be. And none of that is really going on anymore. Most of the investment that the labels used to put into that have been taken out. Um, and, you know, look, growing up, all of my friends tried to rap. Not everybody made it. I, you know, I think right. the accessibility makes it as soon as you have something out, you're a rapper. You know, prior to that, you know, you had to get a good demo going. You had to get the de or a mixtape. And then you had to get that to the right person. And only the strong survived. Like somebody, a bunch of people started it, but not everybody followed all the steps that it took and had the dedication that it took to actually get signed, get out there and dedicate their lives to it. Now anybody could do it. Look, hey, I'm just a rapper on Monday. Tuesday, I'm doing this. I'm a YouTuber. Wednesday, I'm a gamer. And, you know, that's kind of where this generation is at. So that's why you see a lot of it come and go too, because just the, the dedication isn't there. And, and you know, and it, does, are, it, and it, it takes a lot of dedication even just to, figure out your own voice. Yeah, no, for sure. Because, you know, when when, when I first started rapping in, in around 92, 93, I sounded like Wu-Tang. Like I was trying to do my best Wu-Tang impression. I love Wu-Tang. They're amazing. One of my favorite groups. That wasn't who I was personally. It took a while to find my voice. I'm sure what Amadeus, you know, it started off as imitation when he made his first Absolutely. group. And so he found his sound, you know, that's part of what the process is. But, you know, it also goes back to what Kane said earlier. I think the way the business is going, hey, I'm not, you know, a lot of these um, new artists are not really invested in being artists. It's just the way to kind of get on and get rich. So the, the artistry of it, writing my own rhymes or having my own identity or having my own space in this is less important to them than, hey, let me get on, let me catch this viral hit, make right. this money and I'll figure the rest out later. Amadeus, are you hopeful for the, the future of hip hop? Yeah, and, and like Rob said earlier, and even Kane, you know, I want to I want to be clear on, on behalf of all of us. Like, we don't hate where music is. We feel like there's a lot of great music that's out right now. A lot of really dope artists that's doing anything, even with the even with the drill. Even like, you know, I'm from the Bronx and, and Ice Spice is from the Bronx. And 
you know, she brought something rare and unique with how she delivered, you know, her records, you know, and, and kind of created a whole new term. Like that's that's what we're talking about, right? So, you know, just wanted to be clear about that. We there's a lot of great music out, right? So we're always gonna be hopeful. At the end of the day, we're still a part of music. Rob, uh, Kane, myself are still making music. And from a producer sense, I would love, and I know Rob is gonna love this and, and Kane as well. I would love to go back to where the producer and the artist are back in the studio together. Like right. technology has taken over to the point where, yo, send me a pack. Yo, send me some beats. And the artist is in, is in their own space, in their own zone, creating music. The producer's not involved. I don't hear the record until the record is released. I didn't come back and, 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 and add some more changes to it or, or be in there to say, hey, pronounce it like this. Or, you know, you need to add a little bit more fire to it. Like, we need to go back to that. And there's some producers, Hitmaker and, and Timberland, you know, all of the big dogs get to do it, you know, but there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of greatness comes together when you put the producer and the artist in the same room and allow each one to, to, to just vibe off each other and push one another. I think uh, the music will really take a great turn if we can kind of get back to that space as well. Because that's what, that's how it was created back in the day. Everybody that we named, the producers and the artists was in the same room and the records came about together and there was feedback and there was ideas bounced off of one another. And that's how all of the classics was created. But, you know, think about uh, Earth, Earth, Wind and & Fire and Michael Jackson. Like, they were full bands. Like, they were full bands in organ. Right, like, I was going to ask you about that. Like, the live music. The jam session. Why, why do you think songs was, like, 10 and 15 minutes? They got into a groove, and it was so fire, nobody wanted to stop. And they just let it go and got all of these different parts recorded and all of these different, you know, changes that they can make. And then they kind of had to, okay, we got to make this five, guys. We got to make this seven. We, we missed that. So let's get back into the room together. Let's get back to that creativity of just vibing off of one another and just respecting each other artistry and just get back to creating. Because if we're in the room, I can say, you know, that's a little, a little spicy with that. You know, that's a, you know, you, you went a little too far. You, you, you know, it's just all right, right. Do what you need to do. But as your producer, as the blueprint of me creating a blueprint from the, from the beat, I know you will respect how I feel and my ideas. It's a little, pull it back a little bit. And, and I said, I don't think there's people in the room. It's a lot of yes men and women in the room. That's, Everybody, oh yeah, that's fire, 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 fire. Now nah, bring it back. It's not fire. We need the realness and the honesty back. All right. Well, on that note, I want to thank both of you for being with us uh, for this episode of Street Soldiers. We want to thank uh, Big Daddy Kane for joining us earlier. And special thanks to Rob Markman and Amadeus. You guys, thank you so much for always uh, being with us as we navigate our way through uh, hip-hop in, in this crazy world that we're in right now. And hopefully we'll get back to more fun, more dancing, and I can show once again, once and for all, that I am known as a dancing machine for a good reason. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you for joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm Lisa Evers. Remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. Let's push for peace, love, and justice for all.